Bull Show. Good to have you. Good to have you on board today. Glad you're with us. It's the Packers. Football Packers now back on the practice field getting ready for uh, the game this coming weekend. Mike McCarthy returning back to Lambeau Field. And it seems like a lot of the, the feelings, the emotions and such have kind of uh, subsided as the, the way Mike was kind of let go. I know it still sticks with him a little bit, uh, but looks like he's very much looking forward to coming back to Lambeau. And uh, he's got a winning team, obviously. The Packers reeling in the meantime. And joining us now, the voice of the Green Bay Packers, Wayne Larravee. Wayne, thanks for taking a couple of minutes. It's going to be interesting to see Mike back at Lambeau Field, isn't it? Yeah, it really will, uh, <laughs> especially wearing the Cowboys blue and blue and uh, gray. That'll be interesting to see, or silver, I should say. Yeah, the uh, well, you spent a lot of time with Mike because you guys would sit down in his office and do the pregame show and talk both on mic and off mic, talk a lot of football. And uh, g- give, me, give me your thoughts just on Mike McCarthy, uh, the coach, the person. Well, you know, I, he's, he is um, just a, I think he's a wonderful person. I really do. And, and um, I enjoyed visiting with him. And as you know, I, I didn't, I don't get along with all head coaches, you know, that I've had a chance to be with. Um, but certainly uh, Marv Levy and Mike McCarthy are two that I really, um, you know, really have enjoyed being with and, and getting to know a little bit. Um, Mike is as down to earth as it gets. He never loses his sense of humor, that kind of thing. He's always kind of joking around a little bit. Um, there's a mischievous type of uh, aspect to his nature that I think is very endearing if you get to know him a little bit. But uh, make no mistake, uh, he knows the X's and O's. He's been portrayed in late years in, in Green Bay and early years in Dallas as someone who was, didn't know what was going on at the end of ball games and that type of thing, and, and nothing could be further from the truth. As, as is the case in our society, perception is also, almost always wrong. Mike McCarthy's a very sharp, very good football coach, and his record proves it. So this game coming up for the Packers, looking at their side of the coin, needed it in Detroit. It just didn't materialize. Things just, uh, for whatever reason, just aren't coming together. It's a pass here. It's a block here. It's a route here. Uh, Wayne, I I can't remember the last time I saw this many just kind of self-inflicted wounds. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, Bill, they haven't been in a situation like this in I don't know how long. It has really been, um, you you know, it's... You have to go back. You have to go back to the uh, end of the uh, Mike Sherman regime, that 2005 season, where it all fell apart. Um, but not a lot was expected of that team. I mean, there were a lot of football people around the league. I'm not talking about in, in Green Bay or in Wisconsin, but a lot of football t- people around the league had the Packers as a true Super Bowl contender this year, even without Devontae Adams and in uh, all of that. But um, you know. This is where it's really when when your team in the NFL doesn't reach the expectation level there that it's expected. That's when you get really disappointed, and, and I think that's what everyone's feeling right now. The uh, the offense and I want to say the dysfunctionality almost. It, it's just been a tough year. I mean, with Bakhtiari in and out, shuffling the offensive linemen around, injuries. You know, and not being able to really consistently use Christian Watson, who you kind of went all in on. He shows some glimpses. Uh, Romeo Dobbs shows glimpses. And then all of a sudden, guys are getting hurt. Um, you know, do you – how do I put this? Do you see any way for this team to kind of pull out of this nosedive? Well, you know, that's I, that's not for me to say. But I will say this about the offense. Um, and I'll go back to you and I. When we got here in 99, 
Have mm-hmm. you ever seen a less experienced, less accomplished group of receivers in Green Bay on a given season? I don't know no. if I ever have. You know? No, I, I would agree with that. Donald Driver. There's always been a Greg Jennings. There's always been a Jordy Nelson. Um, there's always been a Devontae Adams. And there's nothing of that ilk. Go up and down. I don't care. Injuries or not, you know? And I'm yeah. not being critical of these people, but, you know, the – the promising uh, receivers are uh, Watson, uh, Toure, and uh, Dobbs, and they're rookies. You know, I mean, we we in this league expect way too much from rookies, and I think these kids have done well uh, for what they've been able to do. But um, they're rookies, and this is a man's league. This is not uh, this is not um, Wisconsin playing East Tennessee State in the the middle of August. You know, uh, trying to get a non conference win. This is. Every week, you got to strap your your, um, your your chin strap on and go after it, and it's it's not easy for rookies to make this adjustment. I think they've done really well in the time they've gotten on the field. Anxious to see what Toure can do going forward. Would love to see uh, Watson be able to stay on the field. He's been injury riddled, as you know, and he's a good kid, and I, I think he's going to be a very good player. Uh, unfortunate for Dobbs, he was coming on and coming along, and I think he could have made a nice difference going forward. But that injury is going to Hey, uh, put him on the shelf for a few weeks, and, and rookies can't afford that. Go back to your question. You said, do we expect too much from the rookies? Do we expect too much from Aaron Rodgers? Well, you know, yes and no. I mean, we, the great quarterbacks in this league, we expect them to be able to play at an MVP level regardless of who they have around them. And that's almost never correct. <laughs> You have to have some help. I mean, um, you know, you've got to have a decent offensive line. You have to have go-to receivers who can threaten a defense downfield. You know what I mean? Uh, I I think running the offense through the two running backs is a smart thing to do. They're playmakers um, and and quick passing, that type of thing. And I think Rodgers leads the league and passes thrown behind the line of scrimmage this year, which is not a a stat anybody would want to brag about, but, but it's the truth. Um, and it's way the offense ha- has had to be run. The offensive line has been in a state of flux with people coming on and coming off and back and forth. Um, all this is happening, but you can control time of possession. You can make yards, but if you can't threaten a defense downfield, if you can't throw the ball at the heart of that defense and beat it or threaten to beat it, um, you're not going to score enough points to win in this league. You just aren't. You've got to be able to do that. And I, I've talked to Matt LaFleur about that. You know, he feels the same way. You've got to be able to, at some point, threaten a defense through the air downfield. Um, all the other ball control stuff is is great, but you're not going to score enough points doing that if that's all you can do. Talking with Wayne Larry, the voice of the Green Bay Packers. You can find him at Wayne Larravy over on Twitter. Wayne, uh, you know, when you talk with Matt LaFleur, nationally everybody's saying, well, you know, is it time to bring in Jordan Love? And I said, look, first of all, mathematically, if you're not eliminated, you keep Aaron Rodgers in, unless he's hurt and he just can't go or he's hurting the team. Because I know your counterpart, Larry McCarron, has always told me, you can play hurting, but you can't play and hurt the team. So, I mean, there's a big difference there. Guys ache all the time. It's football. It is what it is. So I don't think he's hurting the team. So uh, do you think there's any consideration for Jordan Love? And secondly, I tend to th- feel, and, you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, behind closed doors they know what they have in Jordan Love pretty much, right? I think by now they do. Um, they know what kind of kid he is for sure. Um, they've seen him in game action. Um, I, I think they, 
they have an idea of what they have in him. Um, and nobody has said what they, you know, they're not sitting there like, uh, like they were in 2007, 2008 and saying, Hey, we got somebody almost as good as our starter right now sitting on the bench. I, I'm not hearing any of that talk, but then again, um, you know, no one said anything one way or the other in terms of, you know, is Jordan Love ready? Is he the future? That kind of thing. Um, I'm assuming they know what they've got. Uh, and as far as Brett, a lot of talk with Aaron Rodgers uh, about that thumb injury. Brett Favre went through the same thing at different points in his career. Uh, quarterbacks are going to get their hands not nicked up a little bit along the way as they, they hang in the pocket and try to make plays and make throws. Um, I, I don't know. Boy, a lot of people are speculating that this thumb injury has got to be part of the reason why Aaron is missing receivers and not as accurate as he was the last two years. I, you know, go back to the first month of the season before that injury happened. Was he any sharper, any more accurate um, then than he is now? I, to my naked eye, I would say no. I uh, I look at the running back position. There was a lot of screaming uh, early on to say, hey, why aren't you getting the ball into the hands of Aaron Jones more? And in this particular game, Jones obviously gets hurt in the second half, so they couldn't use him as much. The run game has been – I just look at the run game as it should be running to set up the pass, not vice versa. And they've been accused of running plays as if they're still scheming for Devontae, as if he's there. So with, with how frustrating right now do you think it is behind closed doors – of this offense being as inept as, as it has been in the run game, not being used as much as maybe a lot of us believe it should be. Yeah, um, I, I don't know how much gnashing of teeth. I think they're just trying to find a way to win a game, Bill. And, and this season has spiraled the wrong way, and it happens all the time in the NFL to good teams uh, as well as bad teams. But when a season starts spiraling like this, you're just trying to win a game any way you can, whether <laughs> you throw it 60 times or run it 100 times. Anything you can do to just win a game. Um, the ground game hasn't been uh, unproductive. I wouldn't say that. Now, they've only scored three rushing touchdowns, but they're averaging almost five yards a running attempt. Um, you know, uh, Aaron Jones is averaging 5.6. Uh, A.J. Dillon, 4.0. The difference I see with A.J. is that I don't see him getting as many yards after contact as I was used to seeing him last year and the year before, but um, that's a small thing. And you know, Jones is their second-leading receiver, 210 receiving yards. He's 12th in the league in, in all-purpose yardage. So, um, you know, those guys have pretty much done what they, what's they what been asked of them. Uh, I think people on the outside think they should be asking more. I think what they're hoping to get somewhere along the line is some kind of balance uh, of basically what I was talking about uh, a few minutes ago, Bill, and, and trying to balance this thing. Yeah, you, you want to run it through these backs. They're your playmakers. They're your steady people. But you also got to threaten something, you know, downfield. You have to threaten a defense downfield. And if you don't do that, then you're going to see a lot of single safety high, extra man of the box, going to be harder to run, and press coverage on the corners, and people are going to say, beat us with the pass, whereas that was never the case in the past. Mm -hmm. Wayne, uh, the, the uh, defensive side of the football, Devontae Wyatt, uh, Quay Walker, give me your synopsis of the young guys and what they've done so far. I, I think Quay's done really well, and I think he keeps getting better. And I, I know now they're going to have to be blitzing him more because Rashawn Jerry is not there. They've got to generate pressure on the quarterback. Kingsley Enoch Bari, uh, JJ, as they call him, uh, an outside linebacker, he's coming on, Bill. And, you know, mm -hmm. had a sack wiped out because his hand hit the helmet of the quarterback in Detroit. 
you know, that kind of thing. Um, but this kid's coming on. He's active. He fell in the draft because he ran a 4-6-40. Uh, you know, anybody who had the time to slap on tape of his work in college, uh, he's a football player. In, in this time, in the these, I, I'm sorry, but personnel people, and I love them, and I love our personnel guys, the personnel people get too tied up in a 40-yard dash, okay? Um you know, it, play speed is everything. <laughs> it, it, that's what football is about. It's about play speed. Don't tell me how fast you are in the 40. Tell me how fast you play. How how fast can you get to the quarterback? How fast can you get sideline to sideline, uh, running down a back or a wide receiver, that kind of thing? Um, so this kid, I think, is has got a chance, and I think we're going to start seeing it, uh, to really develop into a, a really good pass rusher for the Packers, perhaps. And that'll be great next year when Gary gets back. Um, Quay, I think, has done very well, uh, you know, still learning on the job, obviously. Um, probably the toughest thing for him is to, uh, you know, recognize what's coming up and anticipating. The the instinct part of it is probably the one area where he's still, uh, you know, um, uh, work in progress, maybe in pass coverage as well. But uh, I think he's been great and really look, he's, I think he's got a good future ahead of him. Um, you, you know, when you look at Devontae Wyatt, he's, Getting on the field a little bit more, and this is the this is the guy I'd like to see a little bit more of on the field up front because um, you know frankly in the last few weeks the Packers haven't had many. I think they've had three sacks in the last three games, and although in some of those games they've gotten pressure, they haven't gotten home. And part of that, you know, you would like to see your defensive line play a little bit bigger role there, and maybe in the second half of the season uh, Devontae Wyatt can do that for him. Give me uh, real quick, uh, because I thought Mason Crosby, very quietly, for those that don't pay attention, he's having a decent season. He doesn't have a lot of opportunities, obviously. It's not like he's got 20 you know, kicks so far. But he's only got 11, missed two. One was blocked on a bad snap. He's only missed one, and both of his misses have come from 45 or beyond. So very quietly, I thought he's having a bounce-back season, Wayne. As a field goal kicker, I would agree with you, yes. Um, no yes. question about that. But, uh, you know, in terms of kickoffs, reaching the end zone or uh, touchbacks, uh, he's only got nine. I think that ranks in the bottom uh, third of the league. And so mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure in, in, in that regard, kickoffs, you know, field goal kickers kick field goals for a long time. And a lot of times the puncher ends up uh, making the kickoffs. But uh, that's not going to be the case here. Mason still has plenty of leg strength. But I think he's had a nice bounce back year, and I will attribute some of it, obviously, to Mason, but also to uh, – uh, Pat O'Donnell, uh, the punter, who's been a, a great holder. And, and uh, Jack Coco is a rookie uh, deep snapper. Sometimes the snap's there, sometimes it's not. But he's he's been getting better and better, I think, as the season goes along. So I think the operation is what um, we're seeing is the big improvement. The bounce back in that aspect of special teams has been in the operation of the field goal kicks. Wayne, great stuff as always. Uh, you know, <laughs> wish, wish you luck on Sunday, man. <laughs> it's right, it's tough. I know it's tough. We, we haven't seen many of these together. These seasons no, like this don't haven't. come very often. And thank God they don't, you know. So, right? Yeah, no, we'll, we'll make the best of it. Hey, they're going to give the Cowboys heck on, uh, on Sunday, and who knows, maybe they'll beat them. Anything can happen in this league. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. You bet.
There you go. Wayne Larry, the voice of the Green Bay Packers, joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline. Good stuff from him. 877-867-1670. We're going to take your phone calls from here on out. 877-867-1670. Give us a shout. We'd love to hear from you. This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends over there at Epoxy Flooring Done Right. Sean and the gang at Epoxy. He just got back from vacation. I know he was gone for a while. Uh, Epoxy Flooring Done Right, providing Wisconsin home and business owners Epoxy flooring and coating services at reasonable prices. Top quality workmanship. He does different colors, different finishes. Did uh, did the gym in my house, which is fantastic. I'm going to have him do come back in the spring and do the garage floor. It's like it's time. I'm going to clean the garage out and do the garage floor. Even painting the rooms that they're doing. They can do that as well. Give uh, Sean a call. 262-443-2852 from Milwaukee to Racine, to Green Bay, to Madison. I mean, you can go all over. Kenosha, they go everywhere. Go to epoxyflooringdoneright.com. That is epoxyflooringdoneright.com. Or call Sean directly, 262-443-2852. 262-443-2852. Stay tuned. We're going to talk more with you. Your phone calls for the next three segments coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back. Bill Michael Show continues on. Hey, don't forget about our buddy Lyle and the gang at JNL Tire Service and Center out there in uh, Oconomowoc, or not Oconomowoc, uh, out there in Johnson Creek, featuring Goodyear, Dunlop, Kelly Tires, uh, but they're best known for their service, the wonderful deeds of kindness they do in the community as well. Truck drivers, they are highly rated when it comes to your trailer repair. Uh, they can do it all out there, right off of 94 Johnson Creek and in Watertown. That's JNLTire.com. That's JNLTire. Dot com. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670, hit us up. Um, so Jeremy Fowler says uh, that some of the young wide receivers have been painted as scapegoats for the Packers' problems despite Aaron Rodgers' absence during OTAs, which is not sitting well with some, apparently. That there's frustration over the defense, particularly on the back end, where communication and the game plan issues have persisted. That they are trying to stick together, but a tough schedule coupled with a barrage of injuries makes this near insurmountable. Other than that, everything is great. I don't get to see the Green Bay, uh, I don't get the sense Green Bay plans to turn to Jordan Love anytime soon. There's a very real chance at sub 500 that a sub 500 team could sneak into the NFC playoffs, which would provide a glimmer of hope. This is an organization with a great deal of pride. Aaron Rodgers, despite all the struggles, still one of the best passers on the planet. But the Packers will need some old-fashioned luck over the next month to actually have a chance. So there you go. There you go. So uh, uh, that uh, that goes back for a, a while with, uh, I think it was there was like a, a Twitter argument, Ben. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was that uh, John Kuhn and Peter, Peter Bukowski? Yeah, some would call it an argument, definitely. Okay. They were going uh, at each other. A Twitter argument. Beef See, I, I, is what the kids call it. Uh, okay. <laughs> Speaking of beef, Robert specialty mates. There you go. A beef between the two. Oh, I love the drop-in. Dynamite. Nice job right there, although we already did the Robert special, but I'll do it again. Robert's, uh, you can order your turkey from Robert's right now. Get a hold of Paul Roberts. Paul Roberts was actually, he was, uh, I talked to him was yesterday or the day before? It was Monday. Monday, as a matter of fact. 
And I called him and I said, hey, Paul, I need to order my turkey. And he said, okay, uh, I got you down because we're going to do like a 12-pound turkey. It's just me, Kristen, and the kids. And um, so I was talking to him. He's going up north to uh, check and make sure his deer stand was all good. He's all wound up. Either up north or over to the family farm, wherever that is. I think it's out west. But uh, he was heading to check his his deer stand. So he's all wound up. By the way, for what it's worth, there is a turkey shortage in this country because of the avian flu killed more than 45 million birds since this year started. The avian flu. Okay. I did not know. Kristen was telling me you better order it now. And then I, I yesterday, uh, I told you I went to the grocery store. So I thought, well, I'll walk through the grocery store. And there's, starting, and there's a few turkeys there. and But I was looking at the price. I'm like, holy crap. I mean, 40, 50 bucks for a turkey is like, wow. Uh, I don't remember. It's like Christmas trees. You got to order your Christmas tree because there's a Christmas tree shortage. And there's going to be for the next couple of years because there was a drought a few years back that caused the stunt uh, to uh, stunt the growth of Christmas trees uh, up in Canada or something like that. And, you know, I don't even know about here in our own backyard. But there's a Christmas tree shortage. Everything's running short. It's like supply chain issues. Everything sucks. That's what I know. Everything's going up and everything sucks. But uh, I am, I've already pre-ordered my Christmas tree, too. So I'm supposed to go get that the day before Thanksgiving. The, uh, so. the Christmas tree part actually goes back. They started planting less around 20 years ago. Not, really? not due to supply chain stuff, believe it or not. Okay. Well, I know that they said a few years back that there was this uh, a couple of years of drought, which really stunted the growth of a lot of trees, and they don't want to come, cut them down prematurely, so they weren't going to cut. They weren't going to do mass cutting on Christmas trees, so I, I don't know. Yeah. Operating costs of tree farms have also risen with I, everything else. Well, that, that too, and I, am re- I love a real Christmas tree. Now, I have, I, I'm going to admit this, I have four of them in my house. One is real. And the other three are fake. But if I cannot find a good, I I just can't bring myself to spend money on a really realistic looking Christmas tree. Some of them are just ridiculous. Did you see what some of these, some of these fake Christmas trees are going for? And these are pre-lits. If you go with even one that isn't pre-lit that you got to do the work on yourself, it's almost the same cost. And I just, I can't bring myself to buy one. Just, I was in a, I was in Home Goods the other day, and I, I know we're way off topic. So for those that are calling in or wanting to talk sports, I apologize. But I was in Home Goods the other day, and they have these really nice, like in these kind of old fashioned looking, these old you know tin wash tub type of Christmas trees, and they're pre lit, and they've got some of that flocking on it, and it's perfect. It would be perfect for my bar because my old Christmas tree is kind of half of it lights up and half of it doesn't, so I got to put lights on it. So I thought, well, this would be great. I'll, I'll pick this up, and I'm sure I'm getting it at a discount. Holy crap. It's like 300 bucks and it's only four feet tall. I, I was just, I was blown away at how, how expensive some of this stuff has gotten. I'm like, look, I'm just going to pull some weeds from outside, stick them in a planter and throw some presents under that and call it a day before I go out and spend that kind of money on a small Christmas tree. But uh, we got the Christmas party coming up. For, you know, the workers and sponsors. Are you coming, by the way, this year? Are you going to make the trek or are you not? Because I, I send out an email and nobody answers me. Uh, to or be maybe determined. I take, 
Maybe I should just take the hint that you you guys think I suck and you won't come. No, nah, to be determined. It's uh, okay. there's a lot going on in this part of, you know. Okay, we'll see. Well, on that particular day, that's this is one of those parties you take for you you make plans to get away for because it's it's that good. Just throwing it out there. All right, let's do this. Uh, I've gone on long enough. We're going to go ahead and go, go back into sports in that discussion when we come back. Stick around. We're going to go ahead and uh, pick uh, up where we left off regarding the Packers and such. I do have some uh, emails that I want to get to regarding Brewers baseball, so I'll get into that as well. But we'll open it up the next couple of segments. 877-867-1670. You want to find us, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. Two more segments of you and me and uh, maybe less Christmas tree talk coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. It's that time of year when you start to head out and look for different Christmas things to do. And I know, I know it's early. I know, I get it. But if you want to get tickets uh, for something coming up in December, uh, the Christmas O'Carolin featuring uh, Raveri Road. And I say it in the Irish sense because the Irish Cultural and Heritage Center has the concert coming up December 18th. December 3rd, they've got the Christmas tradition with Rory Mackham, and uh, he's coming to town. But if you want to get tickets, and I would recommend you do because they sell out quick, if you're looking for something just very traditional, very traditional, and uh, very, um, I don't want to say Irish, but nevertheless, uh, oh, yeah, get a hold of our friends at the Irish Cultural Heritage Center. It's uh, the, uh, you can go to ICHC.net, ICHC.net, and to get a hold of our guy Corey over there and, uh, and check him out, and he's just a good dude, but they've got a lot of good stuff coming up, and that's the Irish Cultural Heritage Center. It's right on uh, Wisconsin Avenue in the Milwaukee area. So there you go. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. You want to give us a shout, please feel free to go ahead and do so. So, Ben, this whole thing about um, the the wide receivers being a little upset, I find it interesting. Obviously, we haven't heard anything. But with the Packers wide receivers, the young ones, let Cobby coach him up. Remember, that was the big uh, that was the big thing coming out of Aaron Rodgers prior to the season. Let Cobby coach him up, and that way, when I get there, I they're they're ready, and we can all get on the same page. And it just hasn't materialized that way, as we all know. Um, do do you think Rodgers cares if the young guys are upset? Wow, that's a big one. Huh. I mean, if this is true, now I'm throwing it out there as this big if because this, this is what Jeremy Fowler is putting out there and, and everything, that there was the rumor that some of the young guys, some of the wide receivers, he wasn't there for the OTAs, he wasn't there for the minicamp, he wasn't there for all of that stuff. And, you know, Cobby was coaching them up, and they're getting thrown to by Jordan Love, and Rodgers comes in and then can't get on the same page, and he's yelling at them, and he's kind of calling guys out in the media and, and now they're like, well, you know, look, you, you may be great, but you're not there with us. You're not working with us, you know, that type of thing. So is this all going to happen? Uh, if they are indeed upset, do you think by any stretch of the imagination Aaron Rodgers is 
bothered by this. I would wonder if he views it at like when he goes on McAfee and talked about the receivers that was weeks ago. I, I imagine he thinks it's it's the leadership or he thinks it's what's gonna drive them to be better. So right. with that, I would assume not. See, I if man, it's it's if I'm a rookie coming in, I want to play with Aaron Rodgers. I want him there at the OTAs, man. I want to catch passes from this guy. I want this guy. I want to get on the same page with him. I want to get his approval. You know what I mean? And then instead, and again, I, I'm not sitting here to knock Rodgers. We're only going by what is being reported. So this is nothing that's coming from us. I'm only si- simply throwing it out there. If you look at this and you say, well, Rodgers wasn't there, and then he comes back in, uh, you know, at, at training camp and expects them all to be on the same page. But you got a long period of time of training camp to also build those relationships in defense of Aaron Rodgers. But these guys are saying, well, we put the work in. We started, you know, learning, you know, way back when. We could have learned with and from Rodgers instead of Rodgers writing back in and then criticizing us. That's even if that's what's being specifically said behind closed doors. You know what I mean? You wonder how much of that is... and how much of that is being embellished. I'm not talking about by Jeremy Fowler, but by whoever is telling him this. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I also wonder how much Rodgers' play has to do with all this. Like, if if Rodgers was playing lights out and we saw clearly other things going on that is keeping the team from winning, you wonder how different their acceptance of it would be. And this is if all of it is true. Some of it could boil down to the fact that Rodgers is just not playing good football. Um, Which is true. I mean, but then again, if this was all spot on, then we would assume if, if Rodgers was playing lights out, then we would assume that everything's okay, right? Well, lights out could... could mean also like you know no goal line interceptions and maybe not mvp level rogers but no turnovers right maybe a clear lack of continuity with the wide receivers Uh, somewhere in the middle from mvp level and where we're at now i guess um our buddy Dwayne up in wasa says i believe you brought this up the other day but if uh, say goody you put your goody hat on and if green bay ends up with a top five pick and you've got the Alabama and the Ohio State quarterback both sitting there. What would you do? Ooh. Would you go get would you would you take CJ Stroud? Uh, yeah, but you know how I view uh Ohio State quarterbacks. Right? Me too. Well I agree with that. I, I guess I don't think I would unless I knew that Jordan Love wasn't the answer. So that would then and for the fact that we have seen him for weeks this season, which I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah. Would you go? Now, you got to believe that Jordan Love is not the guy that what you would be getting in either quarterback is far better than what you already have in Jordan Love. You know what I mean? You would have to make that determination right now that, you know, a guy like C.J. Stroud will say is better than Jordan Love 
walking through the door. And then, and well, then the other aspect of that is, do you go after, for the first time in a long time, do you go after, say, a wide receiver? You know, one of, one of the big-time wideouts. Do you go in that direction? Or, uh, you know, another playmaker? I'm not going after another defensive back, I'll tell you that right damn now. But do you go in, in a different direction in that sense? As one of the big-time wideouts that are there. Give me a big receiving tight end. Uh, just play in line forever. Yeah, that get back to our that roots. <laughs> just, Man, you're uh, you're you're crazy today. Um, but I, man, I don't know. Would I go Bryce Young? Would I go C.J. Stroud? Um, or would I go with one of the top wide receivers that are out there right now? How how good are they? Because God knows you need wide receivers. I don't know. That's that's a great question. That's a great question. Oof. I'd have to really sit down and take a look at uh I don't they haven't put out any kind of a mock draft yet, so I don't want to go there, but if I had a t- Here's the other thing, and this is this is something else to think about. If you have, say, a top five, okay, top five, and you don't need a quarterback, would you trade out and get additional, you know, first-round picks, move down, and then get another guy that maybe you can trade and get the guy you want? You know what I mean? The problem is it's not that good of a class comparatively. Right. N- next year might be the year because you've got Drake May from UNC, potentially right. Quinn Ewers. Like, yeah, Stroud and, and Bryce Young are good, but Will Levis has had a rough year. Anthony Richardson can't throw. But that, that's my point. That's my point. Well, I, I, I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm not dropping down to get a quarterback. My point is, is if some, somebody wants to jump up to, say, number five or number four because we stink – and get themselves a quarterback, do you then sell that pick? Do you then trade out of it, move down a little bit, and get, say, one of uh, one of the top top wideouts? You know, because uh, you've got, uh, you know, plenty of guys out there right now that have uh, solid seasons going on right now. But do you go with one of the top wideouts that are on the board? Do you go with Jalen Hyatt, say, out of Tennessee? I mean, that guy's got close to 1,000 yards, 14 touchdown catches. He's just been phenomenal all season long. You know, would you go in that direction? And move down to try to get one of those guys. Marvin Harrison Jr., another guy coming out of Ohio State. Would you go in that direction? He's got 10 touchdowns. Don't think he's eligible. Oh, that's right. He's he's a freshman, right? Sophomore. Sophomore, okay. Um... Okay, yeah, he would be a sophomore. Smith and Jigba, though, hasn't played all year, and he's billed as maybe the best of all of them. Right. So it's just, I don't know. I don't know what I would do. I I hate to get that far into the weeds because this is so far down the road, and this is so much different thought process at this point. Um, But in that setting, the Packers win, what, five games, four games all year, maybe three? In that setting, 
it's if the Packers win one of their next or whatever's left of the season. Right. I wonder, I, I really wonder if that actually happens if Rodgers is actually back next year. Right? Like if they go 7 and 10, I don't know what the math is anymore. That feels a lot different 10, yeah. than 3 and 14. Right. Well, let's see here. Um the worst team in the foot in the National Football League between the Raiders and the Texans. Those two between them, they've had they've got three wins. The Texans only have one win. The Raiders only have two. So you will just say that it stays like that. Pittsburgh also, by the way, they have two wins. So you, your top three would be Houston, um, Pittsburgh, and Las Vegas. Uh, I mean, even the Commanders have four wins. Detroit has two wins. So they'd say at this point in time would be drafting fourth. Carolina would be fifth. That's your top five bad teams. So the Packers, where they're at right now, say they only get a couple more wins to finish out the season. Chances are they're seventh or eighth, maybe ninth tops. They're in the top ten, right? Draft-wise? You would assume? Um, Mark says uh, they'll take another, another offensive lineman or a defensive back. Oh, God, I hope not. That's a great question. Let's do this. We're going to step away. I, we're completely in the weeds, and my apologies. We're going to step away, take a quick break, come back. More of the Bill Michael Show. We'll wrap it up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers will have a light practice to install the game plan as they host the Cowboys. Dallas coming off a bye week. Aaron Rodgers says he was stunned how many of his teammates got injured during the Lions game Sunday at Ford Field. Just in that game, we lost uh, Rashawn Gary, Eric uh, Stokes, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Aaron Jones. Disappointed on many levels, but there's never any uh, concession, never any giving up. Definitely not from me, definitely not from so many of the guys that we go to battle with. We just got to find a way to uh, get over that hump. Rogers on the McAfee Show. Some good news, though, about rookie wide receiver Christian Watson, who actually had the wind knocked out of him against the Lions. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. That was not a concussion. That was all precautionary, and I think that's just kind of the times that we live in right now and with what transpired versus Buffalo, but it was 100% ruled that it was not a concussion. He got, as a matter of fact, he was dying to go back in the game. You know, we thought it was best to, to shut him down and because of what transpired in, in Buffalo. The Cowboys are 6-2. and two. Green Bay looking to end a five-game losing streak. Packers tight end Mercedes Lewis. This league is uh, unforgiving. You know what I mean? It'll humble you quick. And the margin uh, for error is small. Yeah, I mean, we still got some games left. It's a playoff mentality from here. You know, can't afford to keep dropping games, so it's going to keep chipping away at it. So you can do it. Stay in NFL. That's Mercedes Lewis in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Good to have you back. The Bill Michaels Show. We continue on. Final segment before we get out of here. Um, <laughs> our buddy Steve uh, says, oh, by the way, for those like myself that are complaining about the Christmas ads coming too early, he said, well, it could be worse. We could still be watching those political ads. Oh, my God, yes. I thank you very much. You, 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 brought, me, you brought me back to center. 
Uh, you are correct. Oh, my God. The, the one thing that I, I am completely glad about when the, the elections are done is the political ads. We can stop stop hating on one another. Um, Tom says, uh, if the wide receivers have a problem with Aaron Rodgers, do you think they're going to voice their opinion? Hell no. They're young rookie wide receivers that are being yelled at by a pompous, arrogant ass who puts himself, as you say, Bill, on a pedestal and looks down on other people. Uh, Aaron Rodgers may be the ultimate teammate to some, but not to all. He picks and chooses. We all know that. He rode to work with Jordy Nelson, but not with the other guys. He was with David Bakhtiari at his wedding, but not with Devontae Adams in the offseason. Devontae Adams decided to leave. Look at the past. It will repeat again and again and again. Twelve is the problem. Um... Man, I find that I find that hard to believe. Look, I man. I understand it because have you ever had that person that you've worked with that's really, really good at what they do, but they're just a jag? I can think of a few that I've worked with that are really good. You know, doing what I do. I've enjoyed working with certain people. Um, you know, on the air. And the minute you're off the air, it's kinda like can't wait to get away from that person. I've done that. I think we've all been there with somebody in our office, somebody that we worked with, some, you know, whatever it happens to be, whatever walk of life you're in. So, okay, yeah, I can understand that. But still, you know, if you've got somebody that's truly great you're working with, you know, I, I don't know. I work with one guy. I I I, I did do, do this. I work with one guy that was well, well, well respected. I mean, loved. But behind behind the doors, behind closed doors, just a total ass. And if you ever just come out, came out and said, "This guy, here's all the things that he's done that are really just terrible," you know. But why? Why would you do that? You know, you just, you kind of said hi, you did your job, and you respected them, and then you moved on. I don't know. I, I don't know what that, that does. I, I, I'm not going to go there and say that, because I put it this way. I don't know what, I don't know what the young guys are saying behind closed doors. You know? Uh, Ricky says, if the young guys are upset because Rogers wasn't there, then they just, then they need to study just a little bit harder to get on the same page with him. Rodgers has paid his dues. They have to understand that it. it's probably a younger mentality. Come in and get everything handed to you rather than earn it. Um, that is, you know what? And I'm not going to go there because I, 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 he wrote that. And, you know, that that's kind of the, the get off my lawn statement, you know. But to a certain extent, he's right. There is a sense of entitlement, too. When you, you know, you get your first big job, you come in, you're like, ah, I'm king. And you haven't done anything yet. So I don't, I don't know. We'll pick up on this tomorrow. Hey, a reminder, coming up tonight, coming up tonight, we're going to be, uh, it's the Bill Michaels Huddle, brought to you by Bud Light. We're going to be out at the Sunset Grill. Sunset Grill in Pewaukee Lake. Hope to see you out there tonight. Six to eight this evening. I'll be heading out there in just a little bit. Sunset Grill in Pewaukee. Great foods, drinks, lots of fun, vibrant lake atmosphere. Looking forward to it. I'm sure the patio is going to, well, maybe the patio is going to be open, actually patio might be open just for the fact that you know it's so nice outside it's in the 60s so we'll see you out there heading out to the sunset sunset grill 
All right, that's it. Time for me to go. Have a going. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.